everybody and welcome back to the corner of gray street podcast thanksgiving edition we're listening to this the day before turkey day and uh, we are thankful for all of you tuning in we have a lot to catch up on bruce the fall tour finale i was fortunate enough to be there at msg night two and we're gonna dive all in to that but uh First off, how are you doing? How's how's your Thanksgiving? So far, so good. I'm in a basement right now, um, wood paneled basement. So this is awesome. Um, if the audio is a little less than stellar quality than normal, I do not have my normal equipment and kind of forgot um, to bring the microphone on the trip. So that is my fault completely. Um, and then hopefully the Wi-Fi will be stable enough anyways. But Nolan, um, I'm really excited at least to talk about the the final four of the fall tour and the fall tour finale. We've got a lot of alliteration going on here with uh, with the F's. Um, but yeah, man, ready, just ready for Thanksgiving to see the family um, and everything and hope you are um, doing the same as well. Um, hopefully everyone out there is able to do the same. But, you know, I am. I'm sad that fall tour is over because I thought that they were, you know, DMB was going to start hitting a stride, but I'm really happy to be uh, around family and things for, <laughs> for Thanksgiving. Oh, for sure. It looks like in that basement, you have uh, some nice posters on the wall. Uh, I think we oh, yeah. maybe might want to address. Uh... First of all, cool albums, obviously point pink Floyd, oh. the wall. But um, oh, cool. uh, Beatles Rubber Soul as well. So shout out that. Oh, um, but yeah, there all-timer. are some several other posters over here. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess the uh, the elephant in the room, if you will. Uh, we did a, uh, a little graphic series for the fall tour. Um, I kind of looked at them as like game day graphics. Like if you work in sports or follow any sports team, you know teams put out oh we're playing so and so today and put out a cool graphic and uh i thought it'd be kind of a cool idea to do that for each dmb show um got the idea using ai a combo of ai and photoshop and thought they looked really cool and uh, put them out on social great response for the most part appreciate everyone's support and um 
who did get a lot of hate from um, from actual uh, poster artists um, because they look like posters. Um, but that was not, you know, we were not trying to ruffle anybody's feathers um, or anything, anything like that at all. Yeah, it just kind of snowballed into this weird, uh, weird amount of hate uh, from poster artists who were totally understand their point um, that they do not like AI. Totally get it. You know, we were not making money off these. We're not doing anything other than just trying to like create excitement around the band and the fall tour uh, and get some engagement with fans and, uh, you know, did not expect to get threatened or uh, gosh, just had some really nasty things said to us by some poster artists. Um, you know who you are. Uh, I'm not going to give them any more <laughs> attention, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm just trying to do something fun uh, for the community. But so, yeah, we're not going to do those anymore. Um, that was enough of that. But so we are sorry if we offended anybody, but also if you like them, we appreciate it. Yeah, it was just something fun and uh, trying to just be a little bit creative and different. That was literally it. Um, end of story. Um, and I think that probably where we, where we messed up is um, just, you know, people were so excited and liked, you know, them so much initially the first one or two that people were asking to sell them. And we were just kind of like, Oh, what? Uh, yeah, maybe stay tuned. Like we were kind of looking into it. And as pretty much as soon as we got information that we looked up, we were like, Nope, never mind. And yeah. I think that really jostled all of the feathers, but um, mm -hmm. regardless, it was it was cool while it lasted, I guess. Um, but yeah. I don't know if the juice was worth the squeeze, um, based off of just yeah, some. I don't really know. They looked, people. They looked really cool, but the uh, I don't know. I I like the uh, the positivity was was much more uh, than the negativity. Hundred percent, absolutely. It was definitely the um, the vocal minority there at least into kind of our faces digital faces if you will but um mm -hmm. regardless whatever uh, again we we love our you know the poster artists out there kick posters just the amount of detail that a lot of them are putting in the lot of amount of hours is truly incredible and we were not trying to diminish any of that um got several of them that. right behind me yeah we support <laughs> we, poster artists always always buy them up um and you know, we're going to be excited to see uh, hopefully some cool posters in a couple of weeks, Nolan. But we'll get into that later. First, we have to get into the final four shows of the fall tour. Um, and, um, you know, they started at Mohegan, ran, ran through Madison Square Garden to end out this eight show. Kind of a little jaunt uh, around the East Coast here for the fall. So we'll start on Mohegan night one, Nolan, and really... Um, we're just going to run through the set here really quickly and maybe share a few thoughts before we kind of roll through this. We had Squirm, Big Eye Fish in a Madman's Eyes, We're in the World Ends, Seven, Line in the Hands of God, Into American Baby Intro, Into Break Free, Sledgehammer Tour Debut, You Might Die Trying, Crash Into Me Tour Debut, <laughs> The Only Thing, Rooftop, Lover Lay Down, So Much too, uh, so much Bridge, Too Much, Looking for a Vein, Nancy's in the Warehouse, and an Encore of Rye Whiskey, all along the watchtower. Nolan, quick thoughts on Mohegan night one. 
a lot of tour debuts. Uh, I think it's a strong start uh, and strong finish to the main set there with the squirm. They got fish in a madman's. I think it's really cool. That's uh, that's nice. And then we'll lying in the hands of God into B American Baby intro into Break Free. Uh, solid stuff. And then just a lot of segues. Uh, triplets. Looking for a vein, Nancy's warehouse in the set. That's pretty awesome right there. Um, but I think you're probably leaving this show being like, okay, there's a lot left on the table for tomorrow night. Uh, like, can't wait for that one. Um, it was kind of my my takeaway, Bruce. Yeah, I would I would agree. And just interesting that they added Sledgehammer there. Um, it wasn't on the main set, but mm. they threw it in there. Kind of wondering why that may have been obviously dave was feeling it um I always sledge was added again and we'll talk about that in a little bit but hmm. yeah i wonder if it was trying to get the crowd picked up um maybe you know maybe a little bit because it always does so that's interesting yeah. um that's interesting to me but anyways um you know like you said kind of a solid start good to see crash pop up but that was the only yeah. one of the fall tour regardless so I think we can move on to night two. We we definitely gave some good listens to some of this in night two. So we have more to say. And I think that the the set list for itself or set list kind of spoke for itself in and of uh in and of itself that way too, Nolan. So why don't you run through this? You've got a little bit more of a fun set list to run through. Um so give us night two. Yeah. Busted stuff opener, straight shot, song debut, new song from the band. Pig, Walk Around the Moon recently, Song That Jane Likes, Stay or Leave, what a start to the show, Hunger for the Great Light, Lie in Our Graves, She, All You Wanted Was Tomorrow, The Stone, Grace, Monsters, Gray Street, Virginia in the Rain, Into You and Me, So Damn Lucky, and an encore of Christmas Song and Crush, and that is, to that point, the best show of the fall tour, in our opinion, uh man i mean oh, yeah a lot of a lot of great stuff there a lot to unpack um love the busted stuff opener so cool that they've been doing um stuff like that i was also excited uh i didn't think it would happen on friday night in msg um and knowing that they did busted stuff mohegan night too i was like okay they are leaving something very interesting on the table for an opener for MSG. And we'll get into that later. But yeah, busted stuff. Terrific. Uh, let's let's jump into Straight Shot, Bruce. What are your thoughts on, on the new song? Yeah, um, it was <clears throat> definitely interesting. It was had, you know, kind of a cool riff, kind of a neat little intro. Um and I think we talked about it a little bit and others have as well, kind of sounded like that dead or alive riff right there. Um, mm -hmm. So I kind of like the lead in and the, and the opening to it. I did not like the chorus. Um, mm. Dave just, when he writes those courses or even verses that he truly, he just reaches and it just doesn't sound good live. He can probably make it sound good in the studio. Um, it's kind of out of that, you know, typical Dave range. It just doesn't work, yeah. especially when the verses were so well done in his lower register. 
I really, really like, you know, I like that lower growly Dave that we get now. And it's kind of more of that, um, almost like evil sounding, like he's just got an attitude when he sings it. Um, so I mm-hmm. like that part of it. And, you know, I think that the, the ending of it was fantastic. Tim shredded, but, you know, overall the, the song and kind of the meat and potatoes of it, just, mm, I don't know. It just, I think the chorus really distracted me from liking it, especially in the first version. I don't think that it, it came across as, as well as it may have when we heard it again. And I think we'll talk about that too. Yeah. First impressions are key. I'm a big first impression guy. And, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't love it. Um, but I thought the ending was very good. So we we can talk about it here, uh, a little bit later, but I thought it was, um, I thought it had some promise, um, some interesting elements to it. Um, but yeah, I also noticed Dave was like violently trying to get the teleprompter going faster. And uh, I thought something was going on with his like like elbow or wrist or like he was getting like uh, yeah. like he was trying to shake it out because he wasn't like playing guitar that much on it. And um, he pointed out that he was uh, kind of pissed about the teleprompter. <laughs> you like He's never like hardly ever too. see him do that. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah, he was looking over. Um, but yeah, he uh, that was kind of funny to see. Um, it was like he was waving a towel at a, at a like basketball game, <laughs> crazy towel guy. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, busts up straight shot pig walk around the moon recently in song that Jane likes tour debuts. What a pair of uh, well a trio of tour debuts there with pig recently and Jane that is whoo they're throwing 99 on the black to start this show. Yeah, they are. I was more so intrigued. Like you come out night two and you debut a song in the two hole, you know, like you, you mm. have that list of all those songs there that you just ran through. You've got busted stuff to open. Then you've got, you know, Pig, Moon, then recently in Jane. But you chose the new song to debut in the second spot. That's yeah. kind of, that, that's a little bit showing some balls there, I think, or confidence in the song. I'm not really sure. Sometimes, you know, Dave gives the effort and just does it. And I think that's also it. But that's interesting. A lot of times when you see new songs debut, they'll be in that four to six, eight slot um, that gets you into the show, then introduce the new song, and then continue on with the show. But this one was right there up top. That was very unique and interesting, especially, you know, third to last show of the fall tour. It's just just out of nowhere. So random. Um, But yeah, Nolan, you can't get much better than, you know, those three um, those three TDs, oh. if you will, with Pig recently and Jane. Oh, I mean, those are just old school. Those are, you know, just classic, excellent DMB right there. Pig up there at the beginning of the show. We're going to talk about, or I want to pose the question um, of comparing Pig early and Pig late, because we'll see here in the next show uh, that Pig shows up late. And I want to know your thoughts there. But um, excellent version of recently. I just, I just can't believe that it's so rarely played with the way that this band plays that song. Um, Yeah. Nolan, share your frustrations. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) hardly ever gets played and this, the band 
they all when they trade off solos like it's or not really solos whatever they they're trading off sections they're they are all highlighted and they all shine i love that part of the song i wish they would do it more often and uh I'm surprised jane didn't get played more on this um fall tour it seemed like dave was playing that one more um in recent years but yeah i think you know if you're at mohegan you're you're feeling pretty good about this show and then perfect placement coming up stay or leave yeah that's perfect uh mixed in with that run and then quick jolt hunger for the great light three and a half minute uh just shot to the arm of dave yelling and and Fon's <laughs> going nuts and carter going nuts i mean it's uh yeah i want to talk about all of these more later on but um after seeing them in person but yeah hunger then graves i'm glad graves is uh like getting its due lately bruce yeah absolutely this version was good um we have we have to wax on about another one later on but interestingly enough nolan you've got a bunch of songs here that are under five minutes and a lot hovering around that four uh straight shot mm -hmm. was just under five but then you've got moon under five jane right at four stay or leave right at four hunger three and a half she almost four all you wanted was tomorrow under five a bunch of real short songs um and then you had several jammers i guess with graves but then the next song after all you wanted was tomorrow was uh one of the highlights of the show and unfortunately only played once all fall tour tour debut of the stone nolan right here for for mohegan night two <sighs> always love when this song is played obviously and they got the intro right for the first time for the first time in 2023 they got the intro right they played it they nailed it. It was awesome. And I clapped when I listened to it. And I was so excited that everybody came in at the right time, on the right cue, and it sounded perfect. <sighs> Why didn't they play that at MSG? <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. And uh, it didn't happen. It would have been perfect. The crowd would have loved it. The crowd, like, goes nuts when they play Stone. Uh, so, Yeah curious um but yeah one of three songs to hit double digit uh minute total for the night um they followed up with grace is gone and oh i was like oh stone and grace back to back that never happens and i looked it up it is only the sixth time uh stone and grace have been played back to back in that order uh sixth time ever uh, in any iteration second time full band and uh oh. one of those one of those six times being the very uh legendary benaroya show in seattle that dave solo show uh the so, beloved benaroya hall show yes you just say benaroya people know and oh yeah yeah so that's pretty cool um has not happened much in the band's existence so there's plenty of that uh they've, they've done a, they did a lot of stuff like that on this uh fall tour so kudos to them for uh for mixing it up i love that kind of stuff and we love yeah. nerding out over dmb stats absolutely love it shout out 
to the Almanac. Yeah, big time shout out to those guys. And they're doing some just quick, nice shout out to the Almanac quick. And also on the topic of posters, they're doing some cool stuff with posters. Um, kind of oh yeah, making collages of all the tour posters or something like that. I saw that on social media the other day. I haven't dove into doing it on the Almanac yet, but good call out there. Um, check that out on DMB Almanac if, if you do so, please. Um, rest of the show, solid. It's fine. But the encore was pretty cool with the Christmas song in Crush Encore. I'd say that was... Uh, pretty fun to have. I mean, tis the season, right? But nice way to end out Mohegan and just a solid, uh, solid Monday, Tuesday there. Very odd and random, but it was nice. It was nice for the band to get the, you know, Wednesday and Thursday off, um, just heading up to New York City. I'm sure they did some sightseeing or just hanging out with friends and probably had family come in, um, you know, because they know people in and around the area. I'm sure they were taking it all in. And so they were ready. They're playing Madison Square Garden Friday night for night one. And we all know what night, what Friday nights mean typically uh, for the band. Sirius XM streams. They're going to stream the show, right? Well, not this time. Um, there was a little bit of a, I'm not sure what the what the plan was overall, if, they're, if they were planning to stream the show. But the show is actually going to be airing um, on Black Friday. So this Friday, uh, a remastered version of this show. Um, as well as they're, I think, airing Central Park either that same day or on Thanksgiving Day. I can't remember, Nolan. Maybe you can fact check me. Uh, but yeah, you'll mm-hmm. get to hear all of what we're about to talk about with night one here in all of its remastered glory on Sirius XM Black Friday. So that's kind of cool. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, pretty sweet. And uh, it's a good show for it, for sure. And we had been, um, we put out a, a tweet about what, uh, kind of covering last episode what's everyone's favorite all-time charlottesville jpj moment was and uh someone mentioned 06 weekend and we followed up and tweeted at robert randolph talking about how he dominated that weekend and he responded back saying that he like he missed all of us uh and that he knows who's going to be jamming with the band this weekend (laughs) with like the shh emoji. Um, so you knew something was going to be cooking. Um, they're always bringing you know, out insane guests at MSG. Yeah. And to that point, that didn't kind of really register with people as much as I thought it might. Like people might start seeing that and be like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, oh, cool. But I guess maybe people yeah. are so used to Madison Square Garden getting guests. Um, that they're just kind of like, yep, yeah, I mean, yeah, guests are coming. We just don't really know who they are. Um, but yeah, I thought it was kind of significant that he seemed to be like excited about who was going yeah. to guest. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, it was a little, a little sneak peek, uh, if you will, into the weekend. But um, yeah, they get things started off um, kind of slow. Virginia in the rain, <laughs> which we love. We love, but I don't think I, I'm not sure MSG night one Virginia in the rain is what people were uh, maybe wanting. Um, followed up by Old Dirt Hill and Straight Shot, uh, second time played. I think that's a super weird start for MSG. Uh, super weird, but 
at least you know i will say straight shot i thought the second version was much better and i thought the outro was like holy cow like the ending was like big time kind of reminded me of like a you might die trying a little bit with like the buildup um of the song yeah let's just run through the set really quickly um Virginia in the Rain, Old Dirt Hill, Straight Shot, Madman's Eyes, Boa, She, Walk Around the Moon, The Weight, my goodness, All Along the Watchtower, Lie in Our Graves, Spaceman, 41, Come Together, Jimmy Thing in the Brick House, Warehouse, Cry Freedom, Pig, So Damn Lucky, and a Just Breathe, Pantala, Rapunzel, Encore. We didn't even mention the guests that were uh, on like half of those songs. <laughs> Bruce, um, what a mm-hmm. just that set is flames. Um, but yeah, why don't you take us uh, take us from Madman's Eyes on? Yeah, um, I mean, I think agreed with you. Like you get however many people are in MSG uh, amped up for the show night one in the weekend, and you open with Virginia the Rain. That's so strange. I don't really understand. Mm-hmm why why that happened so i agree with you there it's a very odd start to to the weekend but when you get going with best of what's around um and you know that's that outro that they do the extended outro that they've been doing this was an excellent excellent version um i mean very well executed i thought um and you know i think that that's really kind of where the show may quote unquote start um she walk around the moon okay but then we start the guest train um, and this is where, you know, Robert Randolph was probably going where he was hinting at who may be gracing the stage this weekend. And we have Susan Tedeschi coming up on the wait. Um, I mean, second, second time that they've played it this year, this one is obviously going to be the goat. I mean, this is the best one that they've ever played in all, uh, obviously. Oh, yeah. And Susan is so perfect for this song. If you've never heard her sing, what are you doing? Go listen to this right now. But <laughs> this is just so perfect for her. And man, what a, what a cool choice. I, I mean, kudos, kudos to Dave and the crew for, for putting her on this song. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, gosh, I love her voice. She is. Yes. She is so good, and I mean, incredible guitar chops too. Uh, she just she can do it all, and um, yeah, I think it's a, a perfect song for her. She has a nice solo at the end, and I think the only the only downside to this version is Buddy forgetting the words, <laughs> and. It was, I don't know what happened or did his mic cut out? I don't know. I haven't seen video of that part of it, but yeah, I felt so bad for him because that's uh, like, if you're singing the weight, like you got to know that part. Like, I don't know what happened, but <laughs> won't you feed him when you can? Like, that's, that's it. That's the, you know? I wonder though if he like had to cough or got something caught in the stir, you know, something like that. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. But, but yeah, like, he just Susan tried cuts to save out. him. He's just gone. Yeah, <laughs> and they kind of they kind of laughed. You could just tell by the way they were singing that they kind of laughed. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do feel bad for for poor Buddy there, regardless of what happened. Yeah. Um, but love you, Buddy. But that's still funny. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the crowd responded well, obviously. And uh, Susan gets on the mic, says, going to bring up my husband now. And Derek in, or uh, Dave introduces Derek Trucks. And <laughs> Susan talks about how they've all been friends for 24 years, how they met um, at Farm Aid, thanks to Willie Nelson and John Mellencamp. And, um, you know, not often do guests talk like that on stage during DMB shows. So I thought that was pretty cool and refreshing and a, just a cool, uh, cool moment for them to share. Um, Dave was like at 24 years, that's, that's not even half my life. Um, making jokes about how old they were getting, but, um, yeah, Derek and Susan on watchtower and Susan takes the, uh, she takes the first, um, part of the verse or part of the song and Dave comes in at no reason to get excited. And then they kind of, um, both trade off and sing, but yeah, they just dominate, dominate the jam. Derek is just one of a kind. And, uh, I mean, just a, a great version of watchtower. Agreed. I liked how they did the, the vocal trade off in the lead up, kind of the intro, first verse, whatever you want to call it there on Watchtower. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that, that was cool. And Dave coming in right there really kind of hammers home that portion. Oh, man. And then they kick into the song and Susan just sings with such gusto and soul and has yeah. so much energy there. It was just it was awesome. Great version. Uh, you know, Derek shredded. I mean, there's there's just nothing really much more you can say there. He just absolutely crushes it and just an excellent version. And then Susan bids the band adieu and they kept Derek out there for another tune. We kind of previewed this earlier that we talk more about this lie in our graves, Nolan. And these are the same two songs um, that we saw Derek on back in June of 22 in Jacksonville, um, their hometown. In a flip-flopped order though um we had graves and watchtower and then you know susan came out for watchtower but this this liner graves another excellent one i mean this is just where derek really shines you know he's able to use that um you know that bluesy tone um where it just it just sounds so beautiful his tone is just truly incredible nolan and the phrasing he uses on the way he plays and as he uses his slide, it's all just genius. It's just genius. And this is another special version. I don't know. I don't know how you feel when, when you hear this and, and Derek playing on something like this, but I just, I could listen to it all day. I could listen to it all day. Yeah, it was just okay. It was fine. Um, just a fine version. Uh, no, he, it was amazing. It was great. Uh, the crowd wanted him to stay out there. Uh, once Dave started playing Graves, the crowd knew they were in for something special. Um, and I think Dave also gave him a little something extra with the uh, wonderful tonight interpolation. Um, as you may know, Derek Trucks uh, used to tour with Eric Clapton. So nice uh, Clapton Trucks. Uh, Dave collab right there. Um, so that, that was really cool. Um, but the guests don't stop Bruce, um, after 41, excuse me, after lying our graves, we get spaceman and then James genus 
comes out for number 41 first and only number 41 of the tour bruce and i believe 41 and don't drink the water uh, were both only played one time during this fall tour and that is very unusual um but i guess made it uh this version a little extra special what did you think of james genus's playing on number 41 at the garden yeah um man I didn't realize that Don't Drink the Water was only played once, but I guess that makes sense. Like, we haven't talked about it literally at all. A new 41 hadn't been played and was like, is that coming? Um, this is an excellent use of a guest spot. I mean, everyone's heard Victor Wooten on 41, and um, I saw O'Teal play on 41, and then having James come out for this. This is this is special. I mean, it just sounds great. It's another one of the bassist. Fantastic bass solos, uh, real jazzy. Um, and, you know, obviously, uh, James has been, he's in the SNL band. He's playing with many artists, especially jazz artists and DMB fans will know, you know, Branford Marsalis, Herbie Hancock. Um, and then also I saw this Daft Punk, Nolan, that's freaking hilarious. That's oh, awesome. uh, I mean, just <laughs> him being with Daft Punk. Um, but yeah, great version. He, you know, just, man, I love bass solos on 41. I don't know why. I think that it just fits that, that tone and that sound very, very mm -hmm. well. And, you know, James just, he shined. It was, it was really fun to listen to. I was kind of sad that his solo part ended. Um, and it makes me think, Nolan, I think Fonz, we need to get him a solo on 41. I, I just, we've kind of talked about that before, I think. But I think mm -hmm. it's time. Like, what are we waiting for here? Stefan has sounded better than he's ever sounded and playing better than he ever has his entire career. Give him that 41 solo. Let's go. Need it gotta have it i think that would be a wonderful addition um gotta let these guys cook cut these guys loose cut jeff loose cut Fonz loose let's go um yeah that would be really really cool um bruce another tour debut next come together and this was not on my bingo card for uh the fall tour or msg but yeah second time played um first time played full band we saw it at the gorge sands stefan and carter um but yeah come together and i think that's very fitting uh for msg john lennon uh the beatles uh and another guest comes out midway through trombone shorty welcome back uh and i when i saw that he played on this song. I was like, what in the world? How does a trombone fit on come together? Uh, quickly found out that it does. And it sounds fantastic. Um, Shorty. I thought, I thought the solo on come together was phenomenal. And then it just kind of ends with uh, like the end of the song. Um, yeah. Just ends very quickly and crowd goes wild. Trombone Shorty sticks around for Jimmy Thing and Brick House and another guest, more guests, more guests. Um, John Faddis, he comes out and joins them on Jimmy Thing, Brick House and Warehouse. A lot of houses right there, Bruce. Um, yeah, he uh, <laughs> I, I thought all of these guest spots were just tremendous and just great versions of all of these songs. 
hundred percent. And I'm glad I watched the video of come together. Like you said, Shorty just walking out mid song. Um, because when I was listening to it at first, I was kind of like, when they didn't introduce him, when is he coming? And it yeah. seemed like the song was petering out. And then all of a sudden here he comes and just with such swagger and gusto, it was awesome. Um, that had yeah. to be such a cool moment. Um, and you know, like you said, Fattis coming out there for Jimmy Brickhouse. Um, <laughs> some of the notes that he was hitting uh, in the Jimmy solo, um, I don't know if I've truly ever heard them out of a trumpet before. I mean, Rashawn may have played them that those high notes, and because he hit some high ones, they just seemed higher or louder or just stuck out me to me more or something. I I don't know, um, but it was it was truly awesome. I mean, just a really fun Jimmy there. Uh, you know, if you're getting horn guests, you're going to get a Jimmy thing uh, more than likely um, in Warehouse afterwards with Fattis as well. Truly, my favorite warehouses now have the double intro. They have the uh, stop time intro as well as the improv intros. I think that's the way to go, Nolan. I think that's how I want those warehouses where you have that improv to start. And then it goes into the stop time. Um, I don't know. It was awesome. It just sounded great. This one got a Louie Louie, so that was cool oh. to hear. This crowd was going nuts and singing it, and then a fun, fattest solo to end. Um, yeah, I just, I think the energy in the building probably had to be astronomical at this point. Palpable, yes. Uh, <laughs> man, I am I agree with you on all of that about Warehouse, and throwing the Louie Louie outro, come on. That's, that's perfect. And this run here is insane. Warehouse, Cry Freedom, and Pig? I mean, that is silly. That is a silly amount of incredible songs right there. And it is the only time these three songs have been played at the same show. I think it's a perfect placement. How is that possible? How have they not been? That's wild. But you know what? MSG, they got it done. And holy cow. Really, really perfect. Because, um, you know, with those songs there, and I guess kind of leads in, um, you know, some people are talking about Dave's comments before Cry Freedom. I, we, we've heard them. I don't really oh, necessarily yeah. know what Dave may have meant by them at all. I think it's just Dave is anti-war loves and loves love. I think that's kind of it. Um, mm -hmm. but it, people can draw their own conclusions, I guess. And that's perfectly fine. You're, you're entitled to do so. Um, but cry freedom has just been beautiful this year since it has come back. We've been so sad that it hadn't come back sooner, but this sounded so good. Obviously Jeff and buddy are just great on it. And then pig Nolan, and here comes the debate or maybe not really a debate. Just what's your opinion? Are you a late set pig guy? Are you an early set pig guy? Or does it really fucking matter? <laughs> Man, I don't think it matters. I'll take Pig yeah. at any any spot. Um, I do think, though, man, a Pig opener. Pig openers are amazing. I would also <laughs> love to see Pig closers. So I don't. I don't think you can go wrong either way. What do you Ooh, think? Ooh, Pig closer, huh? Okay. Um, mm hmm. I think like this late set pig is really, really cool. I think that it's unique. 
I do like the pig opener. I also like the pig in like the two hole, just right there in the two slot, um, you mm-hmm. know, right after a solid opener. And then you get pig. It's like, oh, yes. Um, so I think I agree with you. It, it doesn't really matter. Um, also a nice little encore pig guy. I love a little pig in the encore is cool. It just, I oh, think yeah. it just fits anywhere, but I would like to see that as a closer. That would be cool. Do it, Dave. Um, and you could have, you know, maybe done it here. I think some people may have thought that it was going to close, but they close was so damn lucky. We've, we've talked about it, you know, recently the outro is, is pretty cool. Um, you know, with a shortened thank you is perfectly fine uh, because the, the you know musicality on the on the end of So Damn Lucky has been cool. This one also had a little prelude to it, which I always like it when they throw in little preludes and stuff on songs. Um, we'll talk mm-hmm. about another one in just a moment, Nolan. But uh, yeah, So Damn Lucky, then an Encore of Just Breathe, Pantala, Rapunzel. I think that you should be leaving night one fairly happy, especially with the guests. Um, you know, it wasn't. I think that this was a better night one than MSG night one last year. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you got some really fantastic guest spots. So I think that you'd be, you'd be really, really excited going into night two, but Nolan, I want to kind of shift over to your experience at this point. Um, you know, cause you oh, yeah. are going to be in the building for night two, but tell us how you were feeling going into night two, um, how you experienced night one, if at all, and um yeah just give us a little prelude here before we hit up the saturday night show here yeah well i was trying to my plan was to not look at the sets i did not want to know what was played <laughs> night one um ah, and good luck uh, soon yeah as soon as i opened my uh phone i check instagram after our basketball game um which was looking at the content that we posted uh first thing that pops up as soon as i open instagram set list I'm like okay so you can't not see <laughs> a song when that happens um and then uh, again like it may half hour later i open it up and i see a video of dave and susan tedeschi i'm like okay and i see that it says the weight at the bottom i'm like oh cool um <laughs> see i had a, a handful of songs spoiled um for me knew that susan on the way knew that derek played on something but didn't know what and i would have guessed uh the two songs that he played on and then i think i saw like virginia in the rain straight shot madman's boa pig and uh someone told me they're like oh yeah he played a lot of covers so they, uh, they played brick house i was like oh jimmy thing okay that's fine um so yeah, I went into it. Uh, some pe- actually, some people texted me about night one, and I deleted, I deleted the text convo before I could see it. Um, so if I didn't respond to any of that, I'm sorry. But <clears throat> I, someone texted me something that had spoon in it, and I was like, "My God, no! Uh, I don't, I don't want to know." No, it was not. No, I was like, I don't. I think I swear I saw a spoon. I was like, no, delete. And, um, but yeah. So I, I knew, uh, I knew there were some, some big things still on the table. And, um, so yeah, we, uh, friend of the pod, Alex Day, who you'll hear from here in a little bit, um, flew up Saturday morning, uh, hung out with him in his city. And we, 
uh, checked out Mustang Harry's before the show, um, right there by MSG, and uh, plenty of Dave people in there. Dave music blaring in the restaurant. Um, so it was a good pregame spot. Get to the seats. Great seats down on like uh, six row on the floor behind the pit. Good stuff. Great friend of the podcast, Matt Norlander, came by and we were talking um, pre-show. And I want to shout out Norlander for many reasons. But uh, one being, he was like, oh, so what do you guys uh, think the opener is going to be? So we gave our opener picks. I called it. I said I was spoon opener. I think it's going to happen. And he, Matt had had he knew what the opener was. He had seen part of the set and uh, oh, incredible Jesus. poker face, incredible acting by Norlander. He did not give anything away. He was like, "Yes, yeah, spoon is the song that I I want to see the most tonight um, as well." And uh, so yeah, we. Uh, you know, a few minutes later, the band walks out and Bruce, they, uh, you know, I go into this thinking, I'm like, they're going to play Spoon. They're going to do it. They're going to do it at MSG. And they start noodling and um, it's starting to get a little bit of a, like a Minarets vibe, I thought. Um, but really cool little prelude. And then what do you know? They go into Spoon mm -hmm. and spoon msg night two opener i mean it does not get better than that just doesn't yeah yeah the prelude was cool a little a little minor key i believe it was e minor which i believe is where where spoon lives kind of thing mm. um and you got a cool prelude nolan i'm gonna take the liberty to go through the set here and then we're gonna go through the we'll talk about the show and especially your experiences um yep we Do mentioned it. it spoon opener you better believe it here we go Oh man, I mean, just awesome. It is a great opener. We're gonna talk about that in a minute, but we got spoon, you never know, monsters, hunger for the great light, gray street, American baby intro into break free. You might die trying. Captain, sledgehammer, smooth rider into crush, rooftop granny, fool in the rain, tripping billies, so much to say, bridge, too much, ants marching, encore, baby blue, and the last stop with an immigrant song partial outro thing that we'll talk about as well nolan we talked about spoon opener here a little bit let's talk about the song itself the performance of spoon it sounded fantastic too bad it's not the best one ever sorry dude it's still not as good as seville 2010 mm. ah, just not gonna happen but <laughs> i think that the band is really hitting they're firing on all cylinders on spoon right now i mean we've got yeah everyone's playing it perfectly I feel like um, you've got just all the little details and these little intricacies that they're, they're putting in there. Jeff and Rashad on the little fluttering notes on the intro buddy throughout, obviously with beautiful piano stuff, uh, Carter and Tim, everyone just nailing. I thought it was a fantastic performance. Um, Jeff solo at the end. I mean, I just think the outro could have gone on a little longer and this is where I think mm -hmm. you can argue now spoon can fit anywhere in the set. It's becoming, it has become an opener right here and a great opener. Um, it can be mid-set and it can most certainly be a closer um, with the way that they can extend that outro and it's got a lot of passion to it um, and energy. So I think here, I think Spoon can slot anywhere in a show, Nolan. Oh, yes, please. They can play it whenever, wherever they want. Um, 
I feel so vindicated after missing it in 2010 by one night in Seville. And, oh, I, like they could have played whatever after Spoon and I would have been good just to see that and to see it open the show. Um, it was just crazy. It was crazy. And the crowd loved it. Um, like you said, everyone, everyone shines on Spoon. It was phenomenal. And then there's the, uh, the guitar change after Spoon and brings out the raised B. Told Alex, it's got to be you never know. They're going to do it. And sure enough, they did. Best open to a show I've seen. That is a ridiculous one-two punch there to start. And <laughs> Dave talked, he talked about, oh, we're going to ease into it. And uh, I don't, if that's easing into it, then, oh my. Uh, Jeff Coffin absolutely destroying You Never Know and shining on both songs. Um, but this is the only time Spoon and You Never Know have been played back-to-back and only the second time they've ever been played at the same show with the Greenville uh, 2023 show being the other one uh, a few a couple weeks ago. So that's wild, wild stuff. Um, I, I was just on cloud nine. So happy with the start of this show, man. As you should be, I would have been as well. And um yeah, it's it's hard to imagine a better one-two punch, especially. I mean, those are two kind of songs that you just don't expect right there in one and two slots of shows. Um, Spoon opening like ever. I mean, it's only opened yeah. what twice now, um, maybe three times, fourth, whatever. Fourth but opener. Fourth time. Okay, and that's just <laughs> like you. You're not going to get that. You never know. Very very uncommonly played in the two slide as well. Mm-hmm. And then monsters. Um, I think that that's a great spot for it. Uh, it sounded excellent. I mean, the song is really coming into its own there. Um, you got yeah. hunger, Nolan. So I, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on this little run of kind of monsters. Then you got hunger. Um, then you got uh-huh. Grace Street, AB intro, and break free. So what did you think about kind of the monsters hunger section? I know we love monsters, but how did it feel yeah. kind of in the room? I thought it was great. I was like, okay, this is a perfect spot for monsters right now. Um, I mean, Dave at the end is like insane. And Tim, I mean, Tim just, he, he shreds monsters. I thought, I thought it was a good spot in the three hole there. And then hunger, I was talking about it uh, with Norlander. I don't think we, either of us had seen it in 17 years. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's accurate. Um, if it wasn't 06, then it was like 07. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I was just like, after that start, I was just kind of like laughing about it. Like, that's hilarious. Um, I think you texted me, <laughs> like, you deserve you deserve hunger after that start. It was like, I'll take it. X, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's over so fast. It's like, it's like, it is like a, a jolt of energy. I mean, yeah, you can think what you want about the song, but like, I don't know. I kind of get why they would want to play it. Like, it kind of made sense to me. Um, and I don't think it. I think it's maybe uh, aged better than some other songs. I think. I mean, it got played all the freaking time those first couple years. Um, 
So if I'm going to see it once in 17 years, sounds good. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my, my general thoughts on hunger for the great light. Um, but I will say one other thing, I, <laughs> an odd theme of like stand up songs uh, like at MSG, because last year MSG night two, we got a steady as we go. Um, this year, uh, well, night one, old dirt hill, and then night two, you get hunger, American baby intro, you might die trying, and smooth rider. I was like, what is going on? Uh, that's a lot of stand up, and um, very like yeah, most played was, album in night two, yeah, super weird. I mean, I don't know if. Most people don't think of American Baby intro as like stand up because of what it's become. But um, yeah, that stuck out to me. I'm like, what is what is that? That's weird. Um, not bad, but just in this case, um, just weird. But uh, Gray Street in the five slot. So happy to get an early Gray Street. I thought that was like a lot of a lot of great placement um, in this show. And um third verse which we helped bring back obviously huge highlight obviously and um yeah then he brings out the uh the baritone american baby intro you hear buddy start with the with the keys uh i'd kind of forgotten about that they had like brought this song back this year and so that was like a nice little surprise um kind of i wasn't expecting it and then uh knew had a good feeling it would go into break free so that was uh again perfect i love break free and the, i thought the band was just on fire during this uh section and then um went to go get beers during you might die trying got back for the uh for the outro so that was it was perfect start bruce a great start to the night what were your thoughts uh, as you were following along yeah um i i had the set list was sent to me so i obviously wasn't going to spoil things for you but just kind of was like you know uh have fun tonight <laughs> kind of thing because um mm -hmm. of, of some things that are coming later obviously uh but this this little section here i was kind of wondering as it was unfolding how you were feeling in the room like are you getting a little bit like mm, nervous like some of these things are like that's you know, that's kind of standard or also like why, you know, kind of like hunger. Um, okay. Gray street and die trying kind of like again. Okay. That's cool, I guess. But then you were, you were quickly saved here by um, great call pre fall tour on what songs we wanted to see show up in the fall. Nolan wanted to see captain. He got his captain. I, I captain with Mark Whitfield here on the jazz guitar. He came out yet again, um to play on captain and this was a just fantastic version i thought you know mark it's it's not a it's not shredding okay folks that i think that, that people are kind of like i mean you just like didn't add very much or just didn't like do much it's jazz guitar okay um you know mark's gonna play in a very tasteful manner he's gonna play um something that you know probably isn't your standard just like shredding on electric and you may not be uh, used to it, but he's guested quite a few times with DMB um, on a bunch of different songs. And typically, honestly, the songs are a little bit 
softer and lighter because he's a jazz guitarist and he adds a lot of nice melodies um, and good licks in there. And I thought this was a, a really good version, Nolan. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. I think you had mentioned uh, that either you caught it or someone had said that Carter had botched one of the bridges there. And mm -hmm. when I listened to it, I didn't think about that you had said that. And I didn't notice it, uh, but I was also really only listening to try to listen for Mark. Um, and so I didn't notice it. But did do you remember that? And did did that happen? Did you listen back to it at all? I did not listen back to it. But um, I do remember at the time yeah. being like, like, oh, I think they that seems shorter than um, than I thought it would be after he uh <laughs> after his solo and then uh norlander was sex with norlander he's like i think carter got uh somehow confused with the last bridge and uh in chorus and sure enough i think that is what yep what happened um yeah i didn't i didn't notice it at the time i was just so Good happy point. to get captain another you know it's my 61st show and uh two songs I've never seen before that I've been chasing for a long, long, long time. I was like, yeah, that's seemed like a full version to me. Um, but I thought Dude, that's crazy. Mark, Whit Mark Whitfield was like, so excited to be on the stage. He was like, he was just like chomping at the bit, ready to go. And then, um, I thought he sounded great and he guessed on cornbread at MSG last year. I thought this was, like a much better fit for him with um kind of more jazzy vibes but um he seemed like he wanted to keep playing he was like he's like ready to go and then dave was like oh, yeah we're gonna um do some different stuff now and uh so there was a lot of confusion after captain like the band was talking for a long time trying to figure out what in the world to do and uh yeah dave ended up putting the guitar down they um cut the only thing and replaced it with sledgehammer and um i mean the place the two again loudest crowd pops of the night sledgehammer and fool in the rain just like last year just like any show that you've gone to um it was like they were just ready to go. The crowd was like living it up. Um, and not my, not my favorite uh, choice there, but I think I, mean, I, I had a great time. It was, it was fun. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, we got, like turned around and like looked around at the crowd behind and everyone is just dancing, like the whole crowd dancing. And, uh, you know, like I, again, I get why they play it. I get it. Uh, and I thought, I thought Dave nailed it. I thought it was like, he did a really good job on it. Um, so, you know, I'll take it. And then here's where the band like really was like, what are we going to do? Uh, Craig brings out the acoustic guitar for Dave, takes it back, brings back the baritone, takes it back, brings out the acoustic. And they're like all deliberating and trying to figure out what to do. And, they start playing smooth rider i'm like what what was that about i'm like i swear i was like i swear to god if they cut something awesome to play smooth rider i will 
forget that they opened with spoon and lose it. Um, but no, I, no, I was having too good of a time. Uh, Smooth Rider Liberation. You kidding me? Carter Beaufort on the drums. You kidding me? Uh, you kidding me? You kidding me? Uh, yeah, I was like, okay, let's just get this one over with. And then Trombone Shorty comes out unannounced mid song. I was like, oh, okay, that'll make this better. But please don't <laughs> drag it on. Um, so yeah, I've now seen the probably best smooth rider of all time. Thanks to trombone shorty and the worst smooth Ooh. rider of all time. And that is the Seville 06 17 minute version. Uh, oh my God. Woof, that hurts. Yeah. Thank God this one wasn't that long. I mean, <laughs> thank, thank goodness. Five and a half uh, I was minutes. Just like, smooth. Rider. Yeah. I mean, that's, I also saw like an E1 aborted smooth rider that was like two minutes long. So maybe that was the best one, honestly. Uh, crazy stuff. A smooth rider right into crush. Uh, Stefan solo intro um, with a tool interpolation 46 and two for the tool fans out there. And he was like really getting into it. Um, but man, crush highlight of the night. It is like, I mean, consistently a top five live song for them. And I might go so far as to say top two. Um, but Trombone Shorty on this added so much. He, his stage presence is incredible. He was on fire. And to end, uh, to end his solo, he is like out in front of at the front of the stage playing like to the crowd and like breaks his trombone in half. And as he does it, he does, it looks like he's doing the like LeBron, like chalk uh, up in the air. And he like does his arms out like big and wide and just like the crowd went nuts. And I was like, Oh my God, he broke his trombone. <laughs> and uh, like for a second, I was like convinced. I was like, he just like he lost his mind and just broke his instrument. Uh, but no, he put it back together. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was funny to see that. Like, yeah, I was like, what? I know. Um, it was so cool. And then, like, and then Carter just like decided to just go off, King, and uh. I, I, just in am, amazement watching Carter just at the end of crush. I mean, what a moment he's just, I can't say enough good things about Carter in general, but I, I feel like he owns the end of crush more than maybe any other song. And Holy cow. It was just like greatness, uh, witnessing greatness uh, during that song, Bruce. Those are really cool. I mean, honestly, if you're going to get the smooth rider, might as well five and a half minutes, right? And with a shorty, um, a short shorty jam, awesome. Nolan, the next, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I think that's really cool. You thought Crush was the highlight of the show. I think that um, you know, be hard pressed to beat that. But I definitely want to hear your thoughts a little bit later as well. But this little run here, you've got rooftop granny fool in the rain. That's not at all really how it was supposed to look. Rooftop was supposed to be there, but you had Seek Up and Bayou 
uh, in the place of Granny and Fool in the Rain. So we had some set list changes there and kind of wondering what was going on. So the set list had, you know, Seek Up and Buy You there. It had John um, on both of those listed. And, you know, I was like, oh, okay, John Faddis, you know, he guessed it the night before. Maybe he just um, was supposed to be able to make it. He couldn't make it. And, you know, something popped up. The Almanac says John Baptiste was supposed to come out and guess. So I'm not really sure why they have Baptiste there and not Faddis um, that actually mm. guessed it with them night one. If they're guessing, if they had intel, um, I'm not really sure what was going on there. But regardless, uh, you didn't get Seek Up or Bayou. Um, you got Granny and Fool in the Rain. Um, right before we had another guest come out. But yeah, Nolan, so how did that little run go? Rooftop, granny, fool in the rain. Um, I would imagine at least it was uh, crowd-friendly, especially on granny and fool in the rain. Yeah, uh, solid run. Uh, I feel like I've seen Rooftop just so many times. And like we talked about, it's like the only song that gets played from away from the world. Um, good tune. Hasn't changed much, um, but I've, I enjoyed it and then and then granny just like granny is welcome at every single show um i was a little surprised they went with fool in the rain here uh i would have preferred you know instead of sledge and fool in the rain and i get it i get why they play it but you know uh recently or the stone um you know something like that i think would have been would have been cooler, um, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, you know, alas, if, if they you're did not stand up there talking, like if you're standing up there as the band and, and you're just going to replace them, I wonder why instead of kind of replacing two longer songs, they went with two pretty short songs, and why you didn't just throw in, mm -hmm. you know, throw in a stone or recently there, um. You know, Busted obviously, I stuff. guess they felt very comfortable playing those <laughs> or that. Um, yeah, odd, interesting. Maybe maybe the energy uh, is what they were looking for there. It seems like it, yeah. And, I mean, it worked. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, but then, okay, other highlight of the night. I mean, there were many highlights, obviously. But um, Corey Wong uh, joins the boys on stage. And... Uh, We'll talk about it later with Alex, but uh, he had seen him in uh, his band Wolfpack the week before. And then sure enough, he shows up on stage and I thought his stage presence and demeanor was like, I think he's like, he is one of the best guests I've seen uh, with DMB, like by far. Um you could just tell that he was like, we kept commenting. We were like, I feel like this dude is a huge DMB fan and is just like living his dream right now. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> that is, that was all true. He, he was like geeking out up there. He was like so happy. And then, um, they start playing Billy's. I was like, okay, all right. I didn't expect them to, um, bring out a guest on Billy's and, it gets to be his turn and dude, he was like a, just like shot out of a cannon on Billy's. And for me, best Billy's that I have seen. Um, he was, I thought he was incredible. And the song ended. I was like, I was like, dude, to Alex, like you are not kidding. This dude is incredible. Um, 
I was so pumped. And then he stuck around. He stuck around for so much to say bridge too much in ants. And he played along to all of it perfectly. And he is interacting with the band and just like absolutely living his best life. So to me, like he like it just made me happy seeing him happy on stage. I was like, that is that is so awesome and like genuine and pure. And uh, I can't wait to talk to him more about it. And we're going to talk about him here in a little bit. Um, But yeah, he he destroyed Billy's. That was that was epic. I was really excited when I found out that he was going to going to sit in. Um, Just he is fantastic. Um, And if 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 you all haven't checked him out before, just go check him out because he's on a lot of different stuff as well. Um, he does have the band Wolfpack. They're they're pretty cool. They're they're, I mean, you know, jazz, funk, whatever, uh, a kind of a fusion, um, R and B almost a little bit sounding, and they're they're awesome. But I loved this Billy's. I love the Billy's um, that had Warren. You know, Warren's guested on that some, and then this one, and I think that you know they both work very, very well there. It was very interesting to have them on so much to say bridge and too much, you know, it didn't do a lot on so much to say, at least to the just naked ear. Um, you know, he's playing along a little bit more. I kind of wish they would have let him cook on it some and then bridge. They let him mm-hmm. basically take the Dave part there in the little breakdown. And that was cool. And he obviously nailed it. He knew what to do. He knew, knew yeah. the assignment and then too much, you know, he's playing along and filling in some stuff there as well. But, I would have loved for them to let him open up a little bit more. I kind of get why you're just going to play the song proper and let him go, but just let him have a solo section, throw something in on either of those, you know, so much to say or too much, or just play an extended bridge because I wanted to hear more and more and more from the guy. And, um, but regardless, I mean, it's great to hear that he was just having a complete blast on the stage. And that's kind of what, you know, truly matters. And you could tell they had, they had practiced and he had practiced for this moment with Billy. So much as to say bridge too much right into ants. There wasn't any like conversing about it. Hey, we're going to do this. Like you're, they, they were just boom, 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 went right into it. Um, and uh, I guess they brought trombone shorty out. Did he kind of just walk out on ants? Like what, what happened there? How did he sneak back up there? Yeah. Same, same deal. Uh, just, just came back, came back out again. Um, yeah, I thought it would have been cool to have Corey do some type of like do something during the intro to Ants. Um, but I, I thought it was very cool of the band to do the uh, the too much segue into into Ants. Uh, I didn't know if like when too much started, if they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they were going to do a fake into Ants, but to play the full song and then go into Ants. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, but yeah uh ant was all about the horn section with jeff rashawn and trombone shorty uh trading off fourths that was that was fun that went on for a while and gosh they're just like they were locked in i mean trombone shorty fits in so well with that group and man you know we got we got some feedback bruce that uh we should do like some more debates on on the pod so i'm gonna throw one in uh so saw this on reddit seems like people are like asking like oh do you want to see trombone shorty join the band full time and uh i would say no i think he's great as a guest 
I want to get your thoughts as well. So I just don't think that they need another horn player. So I'd have to say no from that front. Mm -hmm. Um, And not knowing what all that he would fit in on and throughout the catalog, which I don't know if that Mm -hmm. matters. And this is no shot at, um, at, at Troy or, 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 trombone shorty at all he is incredible obviously i just don't really know where the trombone fits in in the you know overarching um you know catalog of dmb here like you know what's he gonna do on spoon uh you never know um you know like captain (laughs) um just just random stuff like that and maybe he just would sit out those um but I don't know. I, I think it's he has been used perfectly here on this uh, when he's come out this fall tour. I've, I've really appreciated and enjoyed him coming back out, and, and I'd like to see him uh, come back around again. I don't think that uh, joining the band um, is something that they would need to do or want to necessarily look into. And that again, that's no shot at anybody. It's just I don't think that that's the way the band should go. Yep. Yeah, totally agree. I was trying to think of other songs that he might sound good on. So no debate. Heard him on. No debate. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to hear him on something like uh two step, a two step with trombone shorty would be interesting. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that takes us into the encore and sure enough, they bring out that tiny red guitar and you know, I I thought there was really only one option. Baby Blue turned out to be right. Uh, that was beautiful song, beautiful version. Had not seen it in a long time, so that was that was wonderful. Um, and then the last stop guitar makes an appearance. Everyone knows what's coming. The only guessing game at this point is: Will it be a full last stop? Um, or will it be the truncated last stop? Turns out we were all wrong. It was the last stop into the partial immigrant song. Um, I thought it was so cool for them to play last stop. I called it as my closer. So I called the opener spoon, called the closer last stop. Those are things you probably never thought I would say. Um, and, uh, yeah, they go, this is the last stop. And they, they just like keep playing and i was like oh this is new and but i was like but i don't think they're going into the uh reprise and uh i could not tell what dave was singing at all um so yeah according to the almanac immigrant song partial first time played by dmb and um you know i thought that was cool but here's some stats to throw your way um the this show, it was the second time Spoon and Last Stop have been played at the same show, the other time being November 21st, uh, 1998 at the Crown in Cincinnati. It is the second time Captain and Last Stop have been played at the same show. And the first one was 12-20-02 MSG. And what else? Only time this encore has been played. And uh also it was the only show to feature spoon and captain in the same show uh so insane 
historic stats here. Um, man, very cool, very rare, very cool encore. I loved it. Yeah, as you obviously should have. I am just I'm baffled on the on these decisions on last stop um over the last few years to cut the outro completely everyone loves it like literally every fan wants it it's all i could think about all night when i had seen the set first are they going to do the full last stop why would they play a truncated last stop to close out the entire year in the u.s in 2023 potentially their best year in 10 years if not more um as a band why would they play a five minute last stop and just walk off the stage. You know, there's, I think that they're going to do it. Like they're, they're probably going to do it. I mean, there's, they're not playing anymore for a little bit. They're going over to South Africa, but this is, that's the way to end it. Like you got to, you got to play the full song and they didn't. Um, and it was a very kind of weird ending. I don't even know. Like, yeah, I think come up with that. Why did they come up with that? Why did, what made them think, Oh yeah, we're going to tack on the immigrant song here at the end. Like, that's some sort of statement for sure um, by Dave, definitely. And, you know, being in New York City, maybe something, there's something there. Like, what's the deal? Why did he do that? Yeah. Him and Rashawn singing it kind of back and forth. And it's just like, why do you think literally anyone wants to hear an immigrant song outro on the last stop? Like, what What in the <laughs> world was that? It, it, I was watching on Facebook Live, so obviously could not understand a word he was saying at the end there. And I was like, oh, yeah. what the, f- what is this? And then it just ended. Yeah, um, I, I couldn't understand what he was saying either. And I was there and I was, we, it ended and everyone was like confused. I will say that. I was yeah. like, what was that? Um, like, I thought it was cool, but I was like, okay, uh, I don't know. I don't know what just happened. And then the way they were like, they did not like stick around for very long on stage. Um, Dave like took mm-hmm. a selfie or whatever. And I was like, dude, I swear it seems like they're going to come back. And then Dave like took off running like a jog, but like jogged off this, like across the entire stage um, and like ran off. I was like, oh, maybe they're like coming, trying to come back to play one more song. And uh, no lights went on um so uh, yeah we were like oh okay i guess it's over it was like a little it was like such an abrupt um ending but you know whatever uh maybe i I definitely would love to know how that came to be yeah exactly and that that's just not the way to end the show or the tour in my opinion i mean they didn't end it on a like high note bomb and dave jumping like he does like none of that it was just like Gink! and it looked like the band awkwardly ended like they didn't know that they were supposed to end but they happened to end at the same time kind of thing that's just i mean whatever you got last stop that's cool but i mean i i think i would have rather had like just a two-step let's go i mean <laughs> you know last stop without the outro is just strange Anyways, but Nolan, I had two questions. Um, one, yes. how do you think that that compared to you saw MSG Night 2, I think last year um, as well. Mm-hmm. So how did it compare to that? And then how was the energy in the room and how was the crowd? Because I've seen mixed reviews and some people saying that this was as MSG weekend, the quietest and um, not as engaged crowd either night. Um, literally. Oh. 
the ever at MSG. They think that it was the worst crowd um, that MSG has had. And so I wanted to get your feelings there too. And you've been in MSG a lot for not just DMB. So just how did, mm-hmm. how was it, how was the feel and uh, how did it compare for you to night two last year? Oh gosh. I didn't think the crowd was um, bad at all. Um, I would say that is not something that registered uh, with me. So yeah, I don't know. I I think the crowd's always great at MSG. Uh, I remember being awesome last year and uh, same this year. And I thought, I mean, I thought this was one of the best shows I've been to. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I had nothing but positive things to say about it. So I don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. Good, good because it's probably just people complaining just to complain um, and whatever, who cares about that? But you know what? Let's get a little bit more reaction. Let's get a little bit more in the moment reaction from Nolan and Mr. Alex Day here. So Nolan, I'm going to pass it to you in the past and see what you had to think immediately thereafter MSG night two. Thanks for that intro, Bruce. Uh, We're here post show late night Kips Bay <laughs> with the wonderful Alex Day. What time is it right now? Right now, 2.15 a.m. a.m. Uh, we hit up the post-show after party hosted by the one and only Ari Fink. And uh, what a time that was. Louis Cato from the Stephen Colbert late night band, several members from the band as well, put on a show. Uh, we had a great time, Alex. We had a great, what a day, what a night, what an end to the night because that band that we saw was way too good to be playing in a room that small. Like they should, if they were on the stage on MSG. People would have been going crazy for them. That they were insanely talented, but the Dave show that we saw was one for the books. It was, and it, it's so easy to say, "Wow, what a great Dave show!" Because we do that after every Dave show. We're a little biased, but aren't we all? That was a spectacular show. Could not agree more. Uh, my sixty-first show, Roger Maris show. The, the Roger Maris show. Credit to me on that one. Yes, in New York City. Madison Square Garden, night two, end of the fall tour. Vibes were high. Vibes were great. And what an opening to the show. I don't think I've seen a better opening to a show. Spoon, and you never know. Monsters, unbelievable. Alex, I thought there were ups and downs, but it was overall just, I think, I don't even want to call them ups and downs. It was just a great, I enjoyed every single part of the show and one of the best, if not the best shows I've been to. What about you? Yeah, I don't think there are many downs. What I think part of what made the show special for me was hearing a lot of the songs we've heard. Of course, the opening was great. You and I both heard some songs that we hadn't heard before, like Captain. But some of the songs that we've heard so many times, I thought they played maybe the best I've ever heard them play. Like, we've all heard them play Crush 100, you know, 
Think about how many times you've listened to Crush in your life. How many times you've seen Crush live in your life. I thought Crush tonight with Trombone Shorty was one of the best versions I've ever heard. Ants was like a 10, 15 minute version. The stage was packed with people out there. Um, night, you know, every we weren't at night one, but night one the highlights seemed to be Susan coming out and playing the weight, and there wasn't as big of a name as Susan Tedeschi tonight, but my guy Corey Wong from Wolfpack absolutely shredded tonight. So it was just a night with so few lows, and the highs I think were taken to another level. Um, of course, hearing the rare songs is good, but the good songs sounded amazing tonight. They really did. I thought all of the guest spots were incredible. I mean, 61 shows in, and I saw two songs I've never seen before. That's, that's special. I mean, a show that started with Spoon and ended with Last Stop. Come on. Come on. Silly. It's insane. Uh, so, yeah. Another year at MSG. Man, you were right. We were talking about Corey Wong and his band Wolfpack earlier today. Alex, you saw them last week. And then all of a sudden he shows up on stage at DMB. And then we see him again at the after party and got a pick with him. Super nice guy. Huge DMB fan. That was like, what a full circle moment. Yeah, I mean, this guy, this... Wolfpack melted my face off last week. I don't know if people are familiar with them, if they've seen them live. I've listened to them a bunch. I had seen them, seen videos, but it was my first show of theirs. And it was at Avon Gardner, which is a stage part of Brooklyn Mirage, Deep Bushwick. Very. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about, but there's not a venue that I've been like this. And these guys show up all wearing white robes and these red hats. And these guys played the most entertaining, high-octane, funk jam, incredible stage presence. I felt like I was at the theater. I didn't feel like I was at a concert. And then all of a sudden, the next week, they welcomed Corey Wong onto the stage. And everyone said, who? And I said, oh, shit, I just saw him last week. So it was... uh, I thought he crushed it, and it was clear that he was a Dave fan, which is cool, too. Yeah, and for them to play Billy's, which you called. You said they'd play Billy's. Uh, I thought he, like, he knew he knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, one of the best guest spots I've seen, and great stage presence. Like, he smiled the entire time. He was so into it, interacting with everyone uh, on stage, and... Man, I, I loved it, and I'm glad he stuck around for several songs. And that was so cool for that to just... We were talking about it earlier today, and then he's there. And then we met him after the show, and he was so nice and like just like very appreciative uh, of the moment, it seemed like. And Jeff Coffin posted some great photos of him uh, with the band. Amazing. Just what a night. I know I mentioned Crush before, so tonight was my 30th show. I'm 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 halfway. I'm chasing uh, chasing 61 here. I know we talked about Crush, Trombone Shorty. Yeah. 
Corey Wong was great. Chombo and Shorty might have been even better. His solo on Crush, his solo on Ants. During Ants, Ross, Coffin, and Shorty were all trading back and forth for close to five minutes. Yeah. You know, I I play saxophone, and I'm sitting there watching these guys saying, these guys, it's like we play a different instrument, you know. I, I had never seen anything like that. They were going back and forth for five minutes. Trombo and Shorty had the garden rocking tonight. He destroyed. He was incredible. What a performer. Uh, man, one for the books. That was one of them. Just, I had such a good time. Such an amazing time. Knowles, we're going to switch spots here. I'm going to be interviewing you because you left out a very important part of the night. You are currently holding two drumsticks belonging to one Carter Beaufort. Explain. Just out of nowhere, a a friend delivered Carter's drumsticks to me toward the end of the show. I couldn't tell you what song it was. Maybe mm, anyone seen the bridge too much around there? I Too think. much ants. Yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, incredible. Never gotten a pair of Carter's drumsticks. And uh, it was incredible. Incredible gesture by a great friend of the pod. Um, man, just unreal. They're very sticky. They were like, I think, like primed and ready to go. Uh, so Carter not only like wears the gloves, but his drumsticks have like some stickum on them uh, for grippage. So that I mean, unbelievable. I, I was I'm giddy, giddy about this. Made it's just cherry on top of the night. I if I could tell you guys what my friend Nolan's face was like when he was handed these drumsticks, he lit up. And I've known Nolan for a very long time. He lit up like I have never seen before. This looked like a little kid getting the gifts he asked for on Christmas morning. Since he was delivered those drumsticks, he has held these drumsticks tighter <laughs> than like he he wouldn't let anyone hold them. His hands are yellow from holding them for so long. He had to, he's been scrubbing his jacket because the yellow paint is coming off them because they're on his hands and he touched his jacket. He has been clutching these for hours, hours and hours. How do you feel? Dedicated you, to the game. Are you going to sleep with them tonight? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I was daring anyone to try and take them from me. There was nothing safer tonight in New York City than these drumsticks. That's a that is a promise, a guarantee. Uh, what are, what are you gonna do with them now? I put them on display <laughs> in my man cave, in my collection. Do you have drumstick? Do you have a drumstick case? Not yet, <laughs> but I will have one very soon. Uh, yeah, that was un unbelievable. Couldn't believe it. Truly couldn't believe it. Uh, so, man, I owe you. You know who you are. I owe you. Big time. Drinks on me next time. Uh, well, 
Shout out. Also, and this is my New York bias, it felt like they were running on fumes a little bit, but they know, they know, they knew. I mean, everyone knows if you play at the Garden, that's that's a big show. That's that's probably the show of the year for you. My New York bias, but yeah, that's true. And they got up for it, yeah. and it was the energy in there was spectacular. And, you know, we, we've all seen Dave in different kind of atmospheres. And I think when we think of going to Dave shows, a lot of times it's amphitheaters. Um, you know, it's the summer tours. You know, seeing seeing Dave at an arena isn't the first thing that comes to my mind. But seeing them at the Garden, where it felt like, you know, they're taking center stage in New York City and they're doing their thing and everyone's singing every single word, mm-hmm. special for sure. Yeah, I don't think it gets better than seeing them at the Garden. I mean, they're, the gorge is, like, picturesque, but something about the Garden, I'm I'm with you. I've seen plenty of basketball games in the Garden to know the significance of the Garden, and you can you can just tell when they walk on stage, like, they know. They know the moment. They see all the banners and the rafters, and, you know, I thought they, they lived up to it. For sure. What a weekend. I'm jealous of everyone that was at the first night as well. But, man, great, great night. Great, great hang, as always. Alex. Hey, you mentioned the Gorge. This is my first Corner of Gray Street podcast appearance since the Gorge episode, which you're what, you're coming close to 100 episodes now of this, right? Close. So, I mean, that must have been episode... 20, maybe? Yeah, 20-something. Yeah. So Early. glad to be back on, and uh, you know, it's it, it, what a long, strange trip it's been. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, it is. It's been so great. Uh, if you ever get the chance to see DMB at MSG, you got to do it. Got to do it. And shout out to uh, to everybody that was like wonderful to interact with tonight. Friends of the pod. Uh, thank you for saying hello. Amazing stuff. And uh, thanks to the band for another phenomenal show. Back to you, Bruce. All right. I mean, if you guys were going to have such a terrible time, you should have just given me your tickets. I would have gladly taken them. Um, and I'm sure you just went straight to bed. Is that right, Nolan? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sorry if that reaction was a little uh, all over the place. It was uh, it was recorded uh, pretty pretty late uh, at night slash it. early morning, and uh, yeah, we had had some fun, and a lot of that fun was had at the show. A lot of it was had at the after party, uh, hosted by the one and only Ari Fink from XM Radio. He uh, opened up um, DJing. For uh, Lewis Cato and friends uh, from the Stephen Colbert late night band. And uh, man, had a great time there. Uh, We met Corey Wong. He was there. He's the man. Just straight up the man. And uh, we'll hopefully be hearing from him uh, next month. But yeah, he was awesome. Got to meet Ari. Ari. Great dude. 
Um, it was a cool, cool after party. Also got to meet um, our friends in the podcast scene, the pod that Jane likes. They had a cool uh, pre-show um, uh, taping there um, at the same same venue. Um, so that was really cool. Great to uh, meet them. And um, a, lot, a lot of podcasters hanging out, Bruce. The DMB podcast world descended upon Ari's uh, after party. So that was that was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Got to meet a lot of people, um, a lot of uh, friends of the podcast. And, um, you know, that is always welcomed. And we love it. We love the support. Um, but yeah, had a had a great time there. Um, walking around with my Carter drumsticks uh, the whole time, clutching That's, onto them for yes. dear life. You were holding them like you were a toddler holding your teddy bear. I know. I was like, "What am I going to do with these? Like, we're not going to go back and drop them <laughs> off. We're just I'm holding these." And I was like, "I like going up to be like, I dare you to try and take these. Like, you will not get them out of my hand. You will not stick them in your pocket. Uh, what you got in your pocket? Oh yeah. Um." But yeah, that was uh, yeah, cherry on top of the night. Uh, I said it in the in the reaction with Alex, but the drumsticks, unbelievable. Um, so Brendan, you're not the only one with the drumsticks now. All right, okay, I'm the captain now. I'm the only um, one without the drumsticks. Ooh, man, the well, loser in the group. Maybe one. Maybe I'll get some from Ben and Goosemas. Ooh, Goosemas, that'd be cool. <laughs> you can we should but, try um no um, i was i was so super jealous of your entire night and just everything that was going on and that you did the whole after show thing so glad you got to do that and i think we may be hearing more from some of the some of the um characters from the uh after party um yes. and of the of the regular party <laughs> uh here very soon so wink wink we will we will leave it at that however yeah, super mm-hmm. jealous. So glad you got to do it, though. I think that it was. Um, Thanks, man. You know, just just seemed like a such a great just one night. I know you only went to one, but um, if you mm-hmm. were to go to one show and experience one thing in that whole fall tour, uh, that was the one to do it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I MSG. There's nothing like it. Uh, what a magical place. There's something. You know, we were talking about the crowd and. I mean, I think it's the best crowd that like MSG in general, like you go to a show like the Gorge is amazing, you know, West Palm Beach, amazing SPAC. But like to me, the crowd like at MSG, it was just like there's like a buzz in the air. Like when you walk in, it's like going to the Duke Carolina game. When you walk in the gym, you like know something's different. When you walk into MSG for DMB, it's like this is different. And uh, man. Yeah, it was a special night. Um, so that was that was super fun, and um, appreciate everyone who said something, everyone who's listening to the show. Um, we're gonna keep it going in the next couple of weeks. We've got some cool stuff um, lined up, so be on the lookout. Um, hope everyone has a, a wonderful Thanksgiving and safe travels. Um, but we've been going on for a while about this fall tour finale, so I think it's. Uh, Time to time to wrap it up, Bruce. Absolutely. Everyone have a great Thanksgiving and um, stay safe. 
tell your family that you love the corner of grocery podcast and to listen <laughs> over the, over the <laughs> dinner table, obviously. <laughs> yes. um, but no, we, we love you guys. Thank you all so much. And um, uh, yeah, like Nolan said, no days off over here, you know, no days off as Bill Belichick would say. Um, but we'll, we'll be back with you guys very, very soon with a lot of cool stuff. So happy Thanksgiving. Y'all take care and we'll see you next time on the corner of gray street. All right, hopefully Boom. that didn't sound completely awful. Oh, no, I think it's good. Y'all take care. Thank you for being here with us. Osiris. Hey, music fans. We wanted to let you know about Music on the Mountain, a show that will feature Anders Osborne, Dogs in a Pile, and Saints and Liars. This show will be directly after the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run at 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th at the base of Akimo Mountain in Ludlow, Vermont. The show is presented by The Phoenix, a national nonprofit organization offering support to those in recovery and anyone impacted by substance use to celebrate recovery. If you're running in the Divided Sky Foundation's fund run, you'll be automatically registered for the show. It's a family-friendly event, and all proceeds from ticket sales and other donations benefit the Divided Sky Foundation. Visit Music on the Mountain, that's musiconthemtn.com, for more info and to get tickets. That's musiconthemtn.com. Hope you enjoy.